Insight. Welcome, I'm Philippa Tolley. And this week, the programme looks at the rise of labour hire companies as proxy employers. Zero hours contracts may now be history, but has anything really changed for workers at the bottom of the heap? The insecure contracts have been outlawed, but as this insight explores, businesses are still looking to cut costs and commitment by hiring workers at an arm's length via temping agencies or labour hire companies. Pass through somewhere like Auckland International Airport and you'll see them everywhere probably not notice. They're labour hire contractors, working for the various companies that keep this transport hub for the country's largest city moving. They're lifting your bags onto an x-ray machine conveyor belt or getting you in the right customs queue. Maybe they've even cooked your airline meal or have transported it over the tarmac to your plane. Some might be filling in here and there, covering someone's sick day, or be grateful to get a foot in the door of an industry they want a permanent job in. But unions say casual contracts that stretch on into years are becoming more common, and they're being used to exploit low-paid workers, many of whom are immigrants. I'm Theresa Cowie, and in this insight I talk to cleaning and catering workers who feel they're being treated unfairly, and the employers who say they're giving staff an opportunity to gain experience. The workers I spoke to say they wanted to work directly for their companies, but were stuck as agency staff with little power, no job security, or many of the benefits that most employees get. Unions say that labour hire companies have gone from providing genuine temporary job opportunities to providing an opportunity for companies to exploit workers by distancing themselves from their responsibilities to provide fair, safe and secure work. We want to prove that they are actually your employees and that you cannot fob them off as and when you wish. Chopin Dasgupta is an organiser for the Etu Union, who advocates for workers in flight kitchens and hospitals in Auckland. He says increasingly his workload's being taken over by cases where labour hire worker exploitation is involved. He's currently dealing with a case that involves several workers who took up roles in catering and transport for LSG Sky Chefs via a labour hire company, Solutions Personnel, now operating under the company name Blue Collar. Sky Chefs, which makes in-flight meals, is part of the German airline Lufthansa. And the last available figures the union has from back in 2011 suggests LSG Sky Chefs hired about half of its Auckland airport-based catering and logistics staff via a labour hire company. He says while it has legitimate reasons to hire some staff through temping agencies, it's abusing the intended use of agency workers to cut costs and keep workers in their place. The dispute is that since 2011 they had a new general manager and he had a different vision in terms of um, working uh, in New Zealand. So what he thought is that the, their labour cost is going too high and it's exceeding their budgets. And so he thought of introducing a form of labour that could help them keep the cost down 
and that's when LSG actually started bringing in agency staff and it just became hordes of agency to the extent that they had over 151 people registered with, uh, with them which basically suited their uh, budgets I guess. The E2 union says LSG has used the labour hire companies to undermine the wage rates for workers in its operations. It says directly employed LSG workers were being paid $17 and $19 an hour. So LSG stopped employing workers directly and started employing them at the minimum wage through a labour hire company, who initially employed them as independent contractors. The union says at one stage, out of its 500-strong workforce, nearly 200 were employed by the labour hire company. Last year, LSG said it would reduce the number of labour hire workers by half after it reached an agreement with the union to lower the start rates for new workers to five cents above the minimum wage. But the union says LSG only reduced its proportion of labour hire workers by 15% and there are still questions over the pay rates offered to agency staff versus permanent employees. The corporate social responsibility section of LSG SkyChef's website states... People are our greatest resource. Our fair and ethical employee relations policies make the LSG group a great place to work. Kamlesh Prasad says that corporate code doesn't seem to extend to agency workers down on the tarmac. He worked for LSG SkyChef's as a loader driver via solutions personnel for 16 months. And I just go with another driver to just load the food and offload the food from the aircraft. As a new migrant to New Zealand coming from Fiji with little knowledge of how employment in this country works, he feels he was duped into signing himself up as an individual contractor when he thought he was actually working via the labour hire company. The so-called sham contracting absolves host companies and labour hire companies from having to pay a range of employment costs and leaves the worker in a position where they're essentially buying a minimum wage or low-paid job. They, they are paying me $18 per hour. No holiday, no sick pay and no nothing like that. Uh, if I ask to LSD to pay for me and LSD said, you are under the... Contractor, so you just go and talk to your agency. Out of his $18 an hour pay packet, he had to pay for his own safety boots and some equipment and about $960 for his annual ACC levies. He even had to pay the agency a dollar to get a copy of his pay slip sent to him. His union representative, Chopin Dasgupta, says the pay slips he paid for were as good as useless. Their pay slip was so rudimentary that it did not have any hours written on it, nor any days written on it, it just had an amount. So basically, if you were to sit down with a calculator, then you would have to actually calculate backwards to see whether you have been paid for the hours and days that you've worked. He says asking workers to fork out for their payslip is more than just stingy. It puts them off keeping good pay records and leaves them wide open to exploitation over what type of pay and how much they should be getting. With such scant documents, there's very little comeback if anything's wrong. Here at the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, the Labour Inspectorate says it's keeping a close eye on labour hire companies. And it says investigating breaches on this casual employment industry has become a priority area for it.
As for the payslips, its general manager George Mason says he's come across rogue labour hire companies that don't provide them at all. I asked him whether it was fair to charge for payslips. That sounds unlawful to me. Unlawful? Yes. Okay, what would happen to a company that was asking its workers to pay a dollar for a payslip? The Labor Inspectorate clearly could investigate that and, and take enforcement action. Employers are required to provide uh, records to their employees. Um, as of right, there's no provision for charging of that kind of information. Hi, welcome to Blue Collar. We're not here at the moment, or we are busy on the other line. I tried to contact Personnel Solutions, now Blue Collar, to ask about its payslip charges and its treatment of workers based at LSG Sky Chefs, but didn't receive a response to my request for an interview. LSG Sky Chefs declined to be interviewed for this Insight programme, but said in a statement... LSG Sky Chefs is an ethical employer that meets its legal obligations in its use of labour supply. It is committed to ensuring that it complies with all legal obligations for its employees, contractors and service providers. To meet demand, LSG Sky Chefs, like many other New Zealand businesses and service industries, utilises casual labour hire supplied by external service providers, so it can continue to deliver a consistent and seamless service to all its customers. LSG Sky Chefs values its workforce, including its temporary labour hire. Its preferred supplier agreement provides for benefits like sick leave and KiwiSaver contribution. As Mr Prasad's case is currently before the court, it is unable to comment on this any further. Labour hire companies do have their supporters. The chief executive of the Employers and Manufacturers Association in Auckland, Kim Campbell, says labour hire companies can provide workers with opportunities too. It depends on the circumstances of the individual and the organisation concerned. I wouldn't recommend it as a lifetime way of earning a living simply because of all the downsides which you'll have identified. The upside is that if you're between jobs or uh, you want to get some different experience, you're not sure where you want to make a commitment to, um, it, it can be quite a handy way of getting some exposure. And often what happens is, uh, particularly if the, if the organisation is doing well, you like it, they like you, you're offered a, a permanent job. Now, it is, of course, legally fine for companies to keep people working via a temping agency um, for perhaps years on end. It's legally right, but do you think it's morally right if they do want to come on as uh, directly employed staff? Well, it's, it's, absolutely. I mean, I don't understand what the, actually what the issue is, is here. Um, uh, bearing in mind, if, particularly if the organisation is paying a financial a, a, a penalty for, for using higher pool people. They've obviously decided that in their business they, they need this kind of an arrangement. They run the very real risk that the people that are working in their business could, could up stumps and leave at a, at a, in a moment's notice and that they have to go and find somebody else. He says if workers are unhappy with working long term via agencies they should vote with their feet. One of the things we've got to get better at is actually sticking up for ourselves and saying well this is acceptable or it's not acceptable. And, uh, and the, the, we live in a free world. You are entitled to have your view. And if you don't like it, leave. Go to somebody that's going to treat you better and make it clear that's what you're doing. But if you're working for a temping agency and you complain about anything, you'll just not be called back. That's the end of it. Yeah, that that, that is a risk you run. But um, on the other hand, um, as I said, there is luckily right now we're in New Zealand where, where there is actually quite a lot of work around. Um, and it wasn't always like that, I have to say, but, but 
These days, we've got a, a vibrantly growing economy. Simon Bennett is the chief executive of AWF Madison, which owns the labour hire company Allied Workforce. He says the valuable role labour hire companies play in getting people work ready is often ignored. There's not enough said for the fact that the blue-collar labour hire providers or, or recruitment agencies really do play a part in in making candidates work ready and you know the reality is there are kids out of school, there are young people new to the country that have perhaps done some some study but actually haven't had jobs that need a chance and not all employers despite the 90 day rule will take the risk on on new starters with no experience so I think that, that for lots of workers getting some temp work whether it be blue or white collar and um, prove themselves to be reliable um, to turn up for for entry-level roles. Um, We have a real part to play. But the Labour Party spokesperson for workplace relations and safety, Ian Lees-Galloway, says temping contracts are being abused. I think it's people taking what's a good idea that has positive aspects to it that can be beneficial for both employers and employees and extending it into something that was never meant to occur when temping agencies were first set up and and where this type of employment relationship was first established and really using it to make the employee carry all the risk of business. And and, and in that way, it's not unlike the zero-hour contracts where employers used a series of loopholes in the law um, to to make employees carry all the risk. Uh, And I I don't think it's right that workers who are on or near the minimum wage should carry all the risks of doing business. Surely some of that risk should sit with the employer as well. The Etu Union says arm's length employment is becoming quite common as more industries cotton on to the idea that they can cut costs and risks. It says for the workers concerned it's a world of insecurity, not knowing from week to week whether they'll still have a job and knowing they have no bargaining power to negotiate any improvement in their employment conditions. While traditionally agencies specialised in assigning temporary clerical staff to fill gaps during busy periods or staff absences, it's now evolved and operates in a range of industries like construction, IT and horticulture. And it's not just private companies cutting costs by hiring workers at an arm's length. The Ministry for Primary Industry says some of its roles, like safety officers, who assist X-ray machine operators at airports by lifting baggage onto conveyor belts and opening them up for inspection, are carried out by labour hire workers. But the Ministry says it only uses temporary staff because it's cheaper to employ contractors on an as-needed basis to do the work. Chopin Dasgupta from Etu Union says the country's hospitals are now taking advantage of the lower wage bills arms-length employment can offer. There were no agencies in the hospitals before, and so now you have uh, cleaners, orderlies, even kitchen staff who are from agency. Uh, some of the scenarios in some of these security companies are even worse. They, you have the security co- company who is subcontracted to some other contractor, who is subcontracted to some other contractor, and then eventually the guard who is on site has actually come through an agency. Cyprian Singh worked as a cleaner at Auckland Hospital via the agency Allied Workforce for 15 months. But earlier this year he was dropped from the roster without any explanation.
Emails between hospital managers obtained by Insight show he had a glowing reputation as a cleaner at Auckland City and Starship Hospitals, and both sites were eager to sign him up as a permanent full-time cleaner. He says a hospital manager repeatedly told him over the course of his time there that he would be made staff and a contract was being written up for him. This email from last year, from a departmental manager to other hospital managers, showed employing Mr Singh as a staff member had been discussed. Can you please confirm if Cyprian has been made permanent with the ADHB as mentioned in our meetings? We would like to have Cyprian as our permanent full-time cleaner. The department cleaning improved immensely when Cyprian was allocated to us on a part-time basis, and it was noticed that it failed during his leave. Such was Mr Singh's confidence in the promise of a staff job, he declined an offer of a permanent job in another department of the hospital and was left with nothing. His manager later denied he'd ever spoken of a permanent contract for him. Like I, I really um, was enjoying my job and I was doing a good job and the hospital is always recruiting people and getting new agency workers and, and like... I was doing a great job for the hospital, and, and like I've had conversations with Mark, who said, you know, um, that he was doing my contract. So at the end of the day, if I didn't get a contract or if I was not promised anything, that would have been fine. But the fact that I was promised it on, on, on a number of occasions, that's what sort of uh, got the ball rolling. As an agency worker, he doesn't have any comeback. Insight asked the hospital to give its side of the story, but no one was available to be interviewed. In a statement, it said, Mr Singh was not employed by Auckland DHB. He is employed by Allied Workforce. He was given every opportunity to apply for a permanent position within Auckland DHB's cleaning service. But Mr Singh says he was repeatedly told by his manager a contract was already on its way. In June last year, that manager abruptly changed that plan and said Mr Singh had to apply through a formal application process, giving him only a few hours' notice before the midnight deadline. Mark rang me on the 10th of June and said, Look, Sipran, I've sent you an email. You need to apply for this job. And he said the cutout day is tonight. And so I tried to uh, apply online, but I don't have a CV. And uh, so I couldn't get to the next stage. So I caught up with Mark a couple of days later. And I, I told Mark uh, that, that, look, uh, I tried to apply for the job, but uh, it, it wouldn't uh, proce pro proceed uh, to the next stage because I didn't have a CV to upload. And that was it. Mr Singh says prior to being dropped from the roster, he was repeatedly questioned by his manager about whether he was in the union. He said, are you in the union or something? I said, no. He said, were you ever in the union in your previous employment? I said, no. Was that true? Were you in the union at the time? No, no. Gosh, no. Why do you say gosh, no? <laughs> no, I don't have anything against the union, but uh, it's, it's the way, like he said, were you in the union or something? Because you're very outspoken. Have you got any idea why you think they might have sacked you? Is it anything to do perhaps with them thinking you're a member of the union? Yes, I think so. Cyprian Singh says agency workers have no power to fight their corner and it's unfair that the companies they work at don't have to give them a reason for standing them down even if they've worked there a long time. In its statement, the Auckland DHB says... The majority of our current cleaning staff transferred their employment to Auckland DHB as part of a planned transition from a former external contracted cleaning service. When they did so, they transferred with existing accrued leave balances 
and we've worked closely with these staff to take this leave by bringing in additional resources to enable them to do so. This means that, in addition to our own in-house resources, we have needed to provide temporary cover via an external agency. However, it says on any given day, up to 55 cleaners are contracted from agencies, so approximately a fifth of the cleaning roles at the DHB. Chopin Das Gupta from the Etu Union says the reluctance of agency workers to speak out is not just limited to these kind of disputes. He says it also has major consequences for health and safety because labour hire company workers are often fearful of losing their jobs if they point out potential dangers. Mr Dasgupta says some of the labour hire workers at LSG Sky Chefs it's advocating for were afraid to raise safety concerns because they fear they'd be seen as troublemakers. When you have an accident or when you have an incident that happens on any company, you have an incident report form and you have proper processes to follow whereby you also can go and make an ACC claim if it's an injury on a work site. LSG would do is they would just fob it off uh, and say that, look, um, we are not dealing with this because this is to be dealt by your agency. Now, how will the agency deal with this when actually the incidents happened on LSG? on LSG floor and nobody from the agency is present to even guide these employees and invariably what happened is that if somebody did get hurt uh, that was the last day they worked with LSG because they were never called back. In Australia both the Queensland and Victorian state governments have recently held inquiries into the practices of the labour hire industry. At the end of last month the Queensland state government released its report the Victorian government will release its own findings at the end of this month. The Queensland report found concerning incidents of sham contracting, where minimum wage workers are made to set themselves up as a company so both their host and labour hire companies could avoid all holiday pay and accident levies. It also uncovered exploitation and mistreatment of casual workers, the undercutting of employment conditions and a range of illegal or questionable practices. In October last year, New Zealand's first union, which represents 27,000 workers in finance, retail and transport, called on the Employment Relations Minister, Michael Woodhouse, to hold an industry-wide audit of labour hire companies after its members started coming to it with reports similar to those identified in the Australian labour hire industry report. In a news release, the union said... Labour hire workers are entirely dependent on third-party employers for hours, meaning non-unionised workers are often reluctant to come forward. First Union has evidence to believe that exploitation and non-compliance is systemic. The government can't ignore this problem any longer. The union says it was fobbed off by the minister, who responded that labour hire companies are legal and to talk to the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. Labour's spokesperson for Workplace Relations and Safety, Ian Lees Galloway, wants an inquiry to be done here. That's probably the right way forward. Get everybody uh, together, talk about the issues, um, talk about the nature of those employment arrangements and, and um, see if we can make them work well um, and work in the interests of employers and employees but eliminate the exploitation as well. The Workplace Relations Minister, Michael Woodhouse, declined Insight's request for an interview about labour hire companies. A spokesperson from his office says the minister felt it wasn't appropriate to comment on the unfairness of unwanted long-term casual contracts because they were not illegal. Labour's Ian Lees-Galloway says that's not good enough. 
I think that's pretty callous on his part. You know, <laughs> we we are lawmakers. He and I are both lawmakers. Our job is to make the law and to and to determine what is legal and what is not. I mean, it, it kind, it's kind of an echo of uh, the prime minister's views on tax evasion that um, it might be morally wrong, but it's legally right, and and the government wasn't going to do anything about it. We've demonstrated in the past that we can work together on these things to actually change the law and get rid of things which are legal but immoral. That's what we did with zero-hour contracts. We should probably be doing something along those lines with this as well. And for him to just say it's not his role to comment on it is, um, I think, an appalling abdication of his responsibility as a minister. Michael Woodhouse's office referred insight to the Labour Inspectorate at the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. So I asked the General Manager of the Labour Inspectorate, George Mason, whether New Zealand should hold an inquiry into the workings of labour hire companies in the way some Australian states have. My job is to enforce the law as it is uh, with the labour inspectorate resources we have and labour hire for us is a priority. I'm aware of those uh, inquiries uh, in Australia. Um, we've had engagement with the um, Recruitment and Consultancy Services Association, the RCSA, both in New Zealand and with the Australian body. We think part of the response to what we're seeing in labour hire is to ensure that those companies that do engage in labour hire are reputable companies, um, that they engage in their activities in accordance with standards that have been agreed preferably through industry bodies. Okay, so not your job to order an inquiry. Whose job is it? That, that sounds like you know something that, that maybe, if, if ministers were minded, that's the kind of thing that comes from that, that quarter. Kamlesh Prasad and Cyprian Singh say they've worked hard and they just want a fair go for themselves and other workers in the same position. They have to pay my back pay and my sick leave and my holiday pays because they have never paid me. They, I have worked about uh, four and a half years, but they never paid for me anything. It's very hard for me because I am just renting and uh, I got uh, three children with my wife and uh, I just have buy the groceries and uh, car petrol like that. It's very hard for me. It wasn't necessarily the money, it's just that it's just security because I do know, uh, you know, it's just, just to know that you have a job. I'm Teresa Cowie. That's Insight for this week. If you'd like to get in touch or share your thoughts on this program, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at insight at radionz.co.nz or our Twitter handle is at insightrnz. Teresa Cowie wrote and presented that program. It was produced by me, Philippa Tolley, with technical production by Dan Bebin. And if you haven't subscribed to the program on iTunes, give it a go. You can find other editions, such as our program looking at the ageing workforce and how to keep our older people employed.